the main duty. To... forms from Dick Gidron, Cadillac, 696 East Fordham Road in the Bronx, and Dick Gidron Ford, 545 East Fordham Road. Pick up your forms today because Friday is the last day to register with the Board of Election. Now, I should give these uh, places for you to register today. Uh, between, let's see, from 12 o'clock, between 12 uh, and 1, at Chemical Bank, 117th Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan. That is between 12 and 1, so you should start going there. Chemical Bank. And you're going to see Carl Ferguson, David Lampel, and members of the uh, staff at WLIB. You can register to vote. Make sure you do that. That's extremely important. And then from 2 until 3, that's Freedom National Bank, 275 West 125th Street in Manhattan. That's 275 West 125th in Manhattan at Freedom National Bank. That's between 2 and 3. And then from 4, between 4 and 5 at Tap Direct Street, 739 East, 233rd Street, and White Plains Road in the Bronx. That's between 4 and 5. So make sure you get those forms. Make sure you register to vote, please. It's extremely important. And now two very handsome gentlemen have come into the studio, and we're going to find out exactly what's going on with Penn. This is the organization of poets, essayists, and novelists. And my guests are Fred Hudson, who's a writer and poet. Fred, welcome to WLIB. I'm Kay Thompson Payne, filling in for Judy Simmons. Thank How you are very you? Much. And welcome, too, to Wesley Brown, who's a member 
of Penn and also on the executive board, right, yeah, Wesley? Well, welcome, welcome. How are you both? Uh, well, fine. What's going on with your organization? Uh, it's, it says Penn Center Readings. What's going on? Suppose you tell us, Fred. Well, I guess it would be more important for Wesley okay. to talk, but I'll just talk briefly about it. Uh, Penn uh, is an organization composed of writers, uh, essayists, and novelists uh, from all over the world, actually, it's international, like Wesley, Africa, Europe, etc. Uh, and each year, they, different pen members, four in this particular case this year, select four lesser-known writers, and there's going to be a reading on Monday, February 6th, and I am, you know, honored this year to have been selected by a very well-known writer, Mr. Bud Schoberg, mm -hmm. who is the mm -hmm. Oscar award-winning mm -hmm. writer of On the Waterfront. He yeah. also wrote the well-known novel, What Makes Sammy Run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, quite honored by this. As a matter of fact, uh, my nomination of him uh, comes to directly from my involvement as a participant at the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center here in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Mr. Schoberg is a co-founder of that organization. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, quite an honor, you know, to have been selected for this. As I said, there's going to be a, you know, a free reading. Uh, Are you going to be reading? Yes, I will be. At the Bruno Walter Auditorium at the Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center this Monday at 6 o'clock at 111 Amsterdam Avenue. It's free and open to the public. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's... At 6 o'clock. So I'm, I sure and certainly be glad for any of those people in the sure. audience who are interested in my work to, uh, you know, to come and... Yeah, well, let me, let me repeat this for for uh, people who will want to be involved with this. Uh, it's the Penn New Writers Evening, and um, Fred, you are going to be reading some of your works there. Yes, I'm reading a short story. Okay, and this is at the Bruno Walter Auditorium, that's Library and Museum of Performing Arts at the Lincoln Center. Yes. And it says that they can enter at 111th Amsterdam Avenue, that's between... Uh, that's the, between 64th and 65th Street entrance, right? Yes. It's free. It's yes. open to the public, and we want everybody to go on down. And it's um, February 6th. It's Monday at 6 p.m. Right. This is Monday at 6 p.m. And for information, Fred, they can call? Yeah, they can call PIN. It's 255-1977. 255-1977. Sounds exciting. And you have uh, how many? Four, eight? Four, four, four writers. Each, four writers. Each one is being introduced by the person opposite from it. I see. see. Okay. Well. Well. Can we get an idea of the kinds of things that you're going to, the kind of things that you're going to be reading? You want sure, to say sure. for Monday? Well, I tell you, <laughs> frankly, since I sensed a lot of people won't be able to come, yeah. I thought since I was being honored to be on here, I did bring a short poem. Oh, that's great. Would you mind? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, just to give people flavor yeah. of my work. Because I, I know, frankly, it can be very boring sometimes to listen to a writer talk and you never read anything the person has written. Yeah. Okay, this is a poem which was published first in the Massachusetts Review in 1978, and then it was reprinted in an anthology which selected some of the uh, best poetry that year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called My Realities for the Most. My realities for the most part were not pillars holding up stone roofs, but rather planks stepped on taken for granted until the splinters lifted up inclined and pricked and in the toe my relatives for the most part were not words tossed through the corn and strawberries under the mule's feet making ink out of water and weight when they grew something that had no claim to share my relatives for the most part knew nothing of taking life away 
with a pointed scorn stick. They just knew whittling ways of making wood fly away in the night from logs that became generals and boats that held their tongues and bowls tight about the rich human waste that kept itself under outhouses rather than make the corn and strawberries stop the white man's mule stop in his traces. Thank you very much. <laughs> as you were reading, I was getting this visual imagery, you know, as you're... Well, I'm, I'm glad I spoke to you on some level. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's intense. I know Judy is, is going to be really sick that she missed this because she's a writer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that she's coming out with a new book very shortly also. Uh, I'm a writer of sorts, however, I don't read my things. I just like to listen to people who are accomplished writers. And that's the kind of thing that we're going to hear um, February 6, 6 p.m. at the uh, uh, at the Penn New Writers Evening. That's 6 o'clock February 6 at the Bruno Walter Auditorium. And that was um, Fred uh, Hudson just reading that. Wesley, with your participation as executive member of Penn, um, Give us an idea of what the organization has been all about. Okay, uh, it's an international organization, as Fred mentioned uh, earlier, and it basically exists to serve the interests of writers. There are several areas that it tries to serve writers. Most particularly is what is called the Freedom to Write Committee, uh, where the organization monitors any attempt to uh, suppress the expression of writers around the world by a gov by governments, mm -hmm. whatever the form of government government it might be. Uh, if, if, for example, they were instrumental in um, gaining the release of uh, Kenyan writers some uh, years ago, Ngugi Wa Thiongo. So that kind of thing. Um, there's also um, a prison writing program that uh, that Penn uh, is involved in to try to foster writing in the prisons. They also are involved in uh, emergency funds for writers uh, who are in dire circumstances who need uh, immediate funds, maybe to pay rent or to get out of some financial bind that they might be in mm. to complete some work um, and to continue working. Uh, there's health insurance. Um, there is a something that uh, inaugurated recently, something called a syndicated fiction project. Syndicated fiction, fiction project, which what is, is um, which is joined into with the National Endowment for the Arts, which is to choose um, as after admissions have been have been uh, sent in uh, short pieces of fiction to be syndicated in newspapers I see. Uh, mm -hmm. throughout the country. Los Angeles Times is one of the papers that has uh, been involved in this project. So it is to sort of pro, um, to, uh, foster the uh, uh, writing and, and also to, to, to try to assist writers, mm -hmm. both American, not just American, but around the world in these various um, areas. You know, writers always come to me um, from another level of consciousness. That's my perception of them, um, of you. Uh, because there's always like a deeper awareness, there's a, a greater sensitivity of, of the things around us and the things that, that go on. Uh, how do you react to that, friend? Yes, I, I think that's very true. Uh, usually, I find that the thoughts and the things that affect me very deeply 
uh, it takes years sometimes to get out on paper. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, I'd just like to mention this, you know, in terms of the, say, the short story that I'm writing, the person that really provoked me to write a personal short story, the first one I ever tried to write, was a man named James Allen McPherson, mm -hmm. who you may be familiar with. He won the Pulitzer Prize, I think, maybe three or four years ago, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, I was a, a, a senior in college, and I was reading an issue of the Atlantic Monthly, and a lot of the fiction in that kind of publication I like and some I don't like. Mm -hmm. But I read a short story that was so vivid about two young men who were growing up, who were working through various kinds of relationships with society, with women, and so forth, that it struck me. I said, this man has spoke to me so deeply that I must try to write a short story. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really quite interesting because that person, later on, published a book. He brought in a bunch of short stories into uh, Atlantic Monthly Press. They published his first book. I went out and bought the book, told everybody about it. And later on, he won the Pulitzer Prize for the second book. And interestingly enough, he is going to be at the Frederick Lewis Creative Arts Center's Black Roots Festival mm. on uh, April the 28th. And April the 28th yes, at the Black Roots Festival, yes. yeah. That's uh -huh. at the Leonard uh -huh. Davis Center for Performing Arts at City College. The Black Roots Festival. Yes. When Frederick, is that again? That's on April 28th at 8 o'clock at the Leonard Davis Center for Performing Arts at City College. Mm -hmm. As I said, I speak very highly of his work, and I would encourage people to come. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he did win the Pulitzer Prize, and he also won one of the... MacArthur, is it called the MacArthur Foundation Awards for, you know, the so-called Genius Awards? Yes, yes. So his, his work has been quite well recognized. Uh, he's actually a protege of Ralph Ellison to some extent. Mm -hmm. Ralph Ellison mm -hmm. usually writes the notes on his books. Mm -hmm. And I certainly think more of our community should really come out with him because he really has done some very fine work in exploring the kind of different awareness and consciousness that exists in our community. Mm -hmm. but also at that festival, they're going to have another person I think quite highly off who coincidentally enough won the MacArthur Foundation Award, Derek Walcott. He, he won the uh, MacArthur Foundation Award too. His his poetry and his uh, plays are, you know, quite, quite strong, quite mm -hmm. intense. Mm -hmm. He comes from the West Indies and he has, you know, I guess what you would call the dual consciousness. Mm -hmm. Most of his stuff is about that. They're also going to have Ishmael Reed, who uh, is here quite well known for some of his work. A, a local uh, person who has an international reputation who is also a special projects director at Frederick Ellis Creative Arts Center, Mr. Quincy Troop. Yes, mm -hmm. who you probably heard of. Sure. And also at this point uh, in time, June Jordan has confirmed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's going to be quite an affair at the uh, Leonard Davis Center for the Performing Arts mm -hmm. at City College. So I, I, I hope you send me something at New, York, New Jersey Press Conference, too, so I can... Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm in close communication with the people, and I will make sure you get the information. Okay. And also, too, I think... In light of what you were asking about the other level of consciousness yeah. that writers usually have, I think one problem that usually comes up is if a person is truly acting on their own impulse and their own sincerity, how do you market that level of consciousness? Wesley here, uh, I think you published your first novel when, 75? 78. 78. What was the name of that novel, Tragic Magic. Yeah, Tragic, Tragic Magic. And I, it, it was quite well reviewed, uh, but uh, I'm sure Wesley did not get the kind of exposure that I'm sure he felt he should have yeah. gotten, that, that, that I think he should have gotten. But writers never do. Yeah, yeah. They really yeah. especially black writers. Yeah. You know, there's always yeah. that big problem yeah, sure. about Matthew. Wesley also, Wesley also, I think, I think you do a lot of uh, work on record covers and stuff like that sometimes. Once you write notes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I remember you told me about uh, writing some notes for somebody else's work or something, don't you? Um, well, there have been some introductions, but not yeah, 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 introductions, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think a lot of times people find themselves doing, like, freelance work a lot yeah. of times. Mm -hmm. uh, also, in, in light of that, that, the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center on uh, February uh, 25th, 
they usually have the red they're having the registration which they usually have twice a year uh that's going to be february 25th from one to five and they usually have a special panel uh this year uh this one coming up they're gonna have a special panel called the freelanced artist in media and theater mm -hmm. so i'm sure a lot of the right the listeners out there who are also writers will be interested in coming to hear the distinguished guests uh among them is, is going to be uh miss audrey edwards who is now executive editor of essence magazine mm -hmm. I don't know if you know her personally mm -hmm. or not. No, I don't, yes. but I know of her. Yes, so, so, so obviously that's a good resource right there mm -hmm. for, for, uh, for writers. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about doing an article for them, you know, myself. Oh, good, uh, then we'll yeah. look out for it. <laughs> well, they have to publish it first. Yeah, but. yeah. Let, uh, now that you're talking about publishing and you're bringing that aspect in it, uh, why is it that so many black writers um, have difficulty publishing and usually or sometimes the avenue is uh, having to publish yourself well that that's a very complex question I said Wesley here has already published a novel uh, I myself uh, usually published in, in literary magazines and other publications I just frankly just send the stuff out and I send them a self-addressed <laughs> snapped envelope and some I get back yeah. saying it's gonna be published and some I I don't get back uh, with, the, with no word or no feedback. I mean, it's, it generally the outlets are small to begin with. Uh, when, when you're talking about doing a larger work, you know, something that involves substantial financial contributions, such as a novel, I think Wesley here can share with us that a lot of times the, the consideration is not, that, not that the work is not good, mm -hmm. but that economically it's just simply not feasible yeah, yeah. for a publisher to take a chance on a, on, on a made, on a on a new writer, one yeah. that's not been exposed. Also, how do you protect your work? Well, well there, there are copyright yeah. mechanisms. You've always yeah. had the copyright mechanisms in place? Yes, yes. I, poor I, man's I, copyright or...? Well, well, well you, you can contact the uh, people in Washington. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they have special forms. Mm -hmm. Would you like to take calls from our, our callers finding out? Okay, uh, we're talking to um, Fred Hudson, who is a writer and poet, and Wesley uh, Brown, who is also a writer and poet, and both belong to uh, Penn. Uh, of the Organization of Poets, Essayists, and Novelists, and uh, we're talking about Penn's New Writers' Evening on February 6th at the Bruno Walter Auditorium. That's at the Library and Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center. Uh, so we want you to call and, and talk to these writers, uh, those of you who, um, who are involved in writing and, and having problems with it or just want to share and contri contribute something. That's 955-WLIB. That's 955-WLIB. And you can call and talk to Fred Hudson and also Wesley Brown. And um, February 6th. Four different writers, Sylvie Morse, Fred Hudson, Jack Flynn, and Sherry, is that Sheehy? Sharon Stark. Sharon Sheehy Stark. Sharon Sheehy yes. Stark. Yes. Okay. All right, and we're going to go to the first call that we have. That's not a call, Tyrone. He's giving me the high sign. Um, the Frederick Douglass Center, are, do you... Are you involved with that? Yeah, in yes, a yes, writers I, yes, workshop? Yes, I am. I, I'm in what? a uh, film and television workshop. As a matter of fact, one of the pieces I've okay. developed in that uh, is a an adaptation of the short story, which I am going to read on Monday. So mm -hmm. it's been quite beneficial to me. They also have other workshops. As I said, registration takes place for that on uh, February 25th. Mm -hmm. They have advanced, uh, other workshops and things like the advanced novel, beginning creative writing level uh, courses, prose fiction, 
a course called Introduction to Visual and Dramatic Writing, the Film and Television Writing Seminar, which I mentioned before, the Playwriting Seminar, an Advanced Playwriting Seminar, a Journalism Workshop, as well as an Acting Workshop. So, th so there's a diversity of offerings there, and the, the fee is, you know, very nominal. It's $48, mm -hmm. which I think is Last quite a bargain. Last time I was here, as a matter of fact, someone was there from there, and we yes. talked about this same program. We had a call. Let's go to the call. Hello, you're on WLIB. Hello. Yes, uh, Payne. Yes. I'm Doc from New Jersey. Hi. I have uh, two uh, distinct uh, things I wanted to ask you about. Number one, uh, what county are you from? What county am I from? Yes. Um, Essex County. Essex County. Yes. All right, now as far as voter, this relates to voter registration, then I do have a question for the writers. All right, but let's take the question for the writers because right. we can't deal with voter registration right now. Okay, I right, for, the, for the writers. 45,000 unregistered voters in Jersey and 91,000 in Essex County. My question for the writers is, I have, uh, would like to know how one can find a writer to uh, write, uh, how can I find a writer to write something for me? What, what kind of task is it, sir? Well, it uh, would be something on a medical uh, type of subject. And, uh, I mean, I have the notes and the material together, but uh, I have neither the time nor the, I'm not a writer. So it would be a question of, uh, of uh, finding a writer who can, you know, pull it together in a, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a proper format. I mean, I was, what you call it, a ghost writer or? Oh, I see what he's talking yeah, about. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, all I can say is I personally have set up a uh, consulting firm called Centaur Consultants. I'll be glad to take a call from you at 870 658 take a break and then we will come right back. I'm Kay Thompson Payne for Judy Simmons. We'll be right back. Stay with us, please. Yes, that is the uh, Penn New Writers Evening. It's going to be held at 6 p.m. It's free at the Bruno Walter Auditorium, Library and Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center. One should enter at 111 Amsterdam Avenue. So I guess there's several entrances there. I haven't been there yet myself. Make sure I don't get lost. Uh, <laughs> okay. it's the 111 Amsterdam Avenue is between 64th and 65th Streets. Mm -hmm. And for information, they can call. Yes, they can call PIN, which is uh, area code 212-255-1977. Okay. And I look forward to seeing people there because I like to share my work. Okay, let's, let's take this last call then, okay? Oh, we, we lost the call again. That sort of went by the wayside. It flashed and then just went right off Tyrone. And you were talking about the Black Roots Festival. Maybe you can give us some information Yes, as, as I mentioned, as I mentioned, yes, also, yes many, yeah. many of my favorite writers, people uh -huh. who I, hopefully I've learned something from are going to be there, mm -hmm. including the man I mentioned before, Mr. James Allen McPherson, uh, Pulitzer Prize winner, Dirk Walcott, who's also a MacArthur Foundation Award winner, Ishmael Reed, Quincy Troop, June Jordan are, mm. is going to be there as well. That's April 28th 
at 8 o'clock at the Leonard Davis Center for Performing Arts. For information, you should call the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center, mm -hmm. which is uh, area code 212-944-9870. Okay, and I'd really like to thank um, Fred Hudson and Russell Brown. Thank you both, and hope you come back again. And I know Judy's going to have, because she loves this. You know, and yeah, she is a writer. Too. Yeah, I'm sure. Myself. Yeah, and, and I know she's going to have. I'm going to tell Judy I was here and I was talking to them, and I'm going to come Monday evening and. Uh, Thank and, you. Uh, Look things you. Out. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. My and we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Uh, Lloyd Strayhorn is going to be here and tell you about your lives. And there he is. Hi, Lloyd. There he is. Okay. We'll be back soon. I'm Kay Thompson Payne. WLIV, New York. Hello, I'm Lloyd Strayhorn, and welcome to WLIB's Numbers and You, the only weekday program in New York that explains how numerology affects your life. Stay tuned for fascinating interviews with astrologers, readers, psychics, and others, and especially you on the phone. Keep your dial on 1190 WLIB for all this and more, right after this. National Bank, 275 West 125th Street, and at Pat's Director's Seat, 739 East 233rd Street and White Plains Road in Bronx. Now these are... Kay Thompson Payne, and here we are, we're back. You can pick up voters' registration forms from Dick Didron, Cadillac, 696 East Fordham Road in the Bronx, and Dick Didron Ford, 545 East Fordham Road. Pick up your forms today because Friday is the last day to register with the Board of Elections. Now, I should give these uh, places for you to register today. Uh, between, let's see, from 12 o'clock, between 12 uh, and 1, at Chemical Bank, 117th Street and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan. That is between 12 and 1, so you should start going there. Chemical Bank. And you're going to see Carl Ferguson, David Lampel, and members of the staff at WLIB. You can register to vote. Make sure you do that. That's extremely important. And then from 2 until 3, that's Freedom National Bank, 275 West 125th Street in Manhattan. That's 275 West 125th Street in Manhattan at Freedom National Bank. That's between 2 and 3. And then from 4, between 4 and 5, at Pat's Directorcy, 739 East. 233rd Street and White Plains Road in the Bronx. That's between four and five. So make sure you get those forms. Make sure you register to vote. Please, it's extremely important. And now two very handsome gentlemen have come into the studio. And we're going to find out exactly what's going on with Ken. This is the organization of poets, essayists, and novelists. Fred Hudson, who's a writer and poet, come to WLIB. I'm Kay Thompson. Thank you. How are you? Wesley Brown, who's a member of Penn, and also on board. Well, welcome, welcome. How about Center reading? What's going on? The first tell us this. Okay. year a different pin members for in this particular case this year select four lesser known writers 
and there's going to be a reading on Monday, February 6th, and I'm, you know, honored this year to have been selected by a very well-known writer, Mr. Bert Schober, mm -hmm. who is the mm -hmm. Oscar award-winning mm -hmm. writer of On the Waterfront. Yes. He also wrote the well-known novel, What Makes Sammy Run. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, quite honored by this. As a matter of fact, uh, my nomination of him uh, comes directly from my involvement as a participant at the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center mm -hmm. here in Manhattan. Okay. Yes, Mr. Schoberg mm -hmm. is the co-founder of that organization. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, you know, quite an honor, you know, to have this and before this. As I said, there's going to be a, you know, a free reading. Uh, Are you going to be reading? Yes, I will be at the Bruno Walter Auditorium at the Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center this Monday at 6 o'clock at 111 Ashland Avenue. It's free and open to the public. Okay, so let's... Six let's so I'm, I should certainly be glad for any of those people in the sure. audience who are interested in my work to be able to come. Yeah, well, let, let me repeat this for, for uh, people who will want to be involved with this. Uh, it's the 10th New Writers Evening, and um, Fred, you are going to be reading some of your work there. Yes, I'm reading the short story. Okay, and this is at the Bruno Walter Auditorium, that library and museum of performing arts at the Lincoln Center. I said that they can enter at 6 at Monday at 6 p.m. Right. This Monday at 6 p.m. And for information, Fred, they can call? Yeah, they can call 10. It's 255-1977. 255-1977. Sounds exciting. And you have uh, how many? Four, eight, eight four, four, four writers. Four each, writers. Each one is being introduced by the person I opposite see. from it. I see. Okay, well, well, can we get an idea of the kinds of things that you're going to do? The kinds of things that you're going to be reading? You want sure, to favor sure. Well, well, I tell you, <laughs> Frankly, since I sensed a lot of people won't be able to come, yeah. I thought since I was being honored to be in there, I did bring a short poem. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Would you mind? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's uh, great. You know, just to give people a flavor yeah. of my work. Because I, I know, frankly, it can be very boring sometimes to listen to a writer talking to that way the person that's written. Yeah. Okay, this is a poem which was published first in the Massachusetts Review in 1978, and then it was reprinted in an anthology which selected some of the uh, best poetry of that year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called My Realities for the Most. My relatives, for the most part, were not pillars holding up stone roofs, but rather planks stepped on, taken for granted, until the splinters lifted up, inclined and pricked and in toe. My relatives, for the most part, were not words tossed through the corn and strawberries, under the mule's feet, making ink out of water and weight. When they grew something, that had no claim to share. My relatives, for the most part, knew nothing of taking life away with a pointed scorn stick. They just knew whittling ways, making wood fly away in the night from logs that became generals and boats that held their tongues and pulls tight about the rich human waste that kept itself under outhouses rather than make the corn and strawberries Stop the white man's mule. Stop in his traces. Well, <laughs> as you were reading, I was getting this visual imagery. You know, as you well, I'm, I'm glad I spoke to you on some of Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's I know Judy is, is going to be really sick that she missed this because she's a writer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that she's coming out with a new book very.
Robert Wilson. I'm a writer of sorts, however, I don't read my things. I just like to listen to people who are accomplished writers. And that's the kind of thing that we're doing here on February 6, 6 p.m. at the um, uh, at the 10 New Writers Evening. That's 6 o'clock February 6th at the Bruno Walter Auditorium. And that was um, Fred uh, Hudson just reading that. Wrestling, with your participation as executive member of the team, um, Give us an idea of what the organization has been all about. Okay, uh, it's an international organization, as Fred mentioned um, earlier, and it basically exists to serve the interests of writers. There are several areas that it tries to serve writers. Mm -hmm. The most particular is what is called the Freedom to Write Committee, mm -hmm. uh, where the organization monitors any attempt to uh, suppress the expression of writers around the world by a gov by government, mm -hmm. whatever the form of government, government might be. Uh, if, if for example, they were instrumental in uh, gaining the release of Kenyan uh, writers in the years ago, and Ubi Watanyango. So that kind of thing. Um, there's also um, a prison writing program that uh, that Ken, uh, is involved in to try to foster writing in the prisons. They also are involved in uh, emergency funds for writers uh, who are in dire circumstances who need uh, immediate funds maybe to pay rent or to get out of some financial bind that they might be in mm -hmm. to complete some work um, and to continue with uh, health insurance. Um, there's a something that inaugurated recently, something called syndicated Fiction project. Syndicated fiction, fiction project. Which is, um, which is joined into with the National Endowment for the Arts, which is to choose, um, as after admissions have been, have been uh, sent in, uh, short pieces of fiction to be syndicated in newspapers uh, throughout the country. Luckily, at the time, it was one of the papers that has uh, been involved in this project. Mm -hmm. So it is to sort of pro uh, uh, foster the uh, and, uh, writing and, and also to, to, to try to assist writers, mm -hmm. both American, not just American, but around the world. Very, very you know, writers always come to me um, from another level of consciousness. That's my perception of them, um, of you. Uh, because there's always like a deeper awareness, there's a, a greater sensitivity of, of the things around us and the things that, that go on. How do you ask that thing? Yes, I, I think that's very true. Uh, usually, I find that the thoughts and things that affect me very deeply, uh, it takes years sometimes to get out of paper. Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, I'd just like to mention, the, you know, in terms of the, the short story that I'm writing, the person that really provoked me to write a personal short story, the person I ever tried to write, was a man named James Allen McPherson, mm -hmm. who you may be familiar with, he won the political side. Uh, I was a, a, a senior in college. I was being an issue with Atlantic Monthly. And a lot of the fiction and that kind of publication I like and some I don't like. Mm -hmm. But I read a short story that was so vivid about two young men who were growing up, who were working through various kinds of relationships with society, with women, and so forth. And it struck me. I said, this man has spoken to me so deeply that I must try to write a short story. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really quite interesting because that person later on published a book he brought a, a bunch of short stories into uh, Landing Monthly Press, he published his first book. 
I went out and bought the book, told everybody about it. And later on, he won the Pulitzer Prize for the second book. And interestingly enough, he is going to be at the Frederick Lewis Creative Arts Center's Black Roots Festival mm -hmm. on uh, April 28th. And April 28th, yes, April Black Roots Festival, yes. yeah. And that's uh -huh. at the Leonard uh -huh. Davis Center for Performing Arts at City College. The Black Roots Festival. Yes. Where is that again? That's on April 28th at 8 o'clock at the Leonard Davis Center for Performing Arts at City College. Mm -hmm. As I said, I think very highly of his work, and I would encourage people to come. Mm -hmm. uh, he did win the Pulitzer Prize, and he also won the Oscar, the Foundation Awards for, you know, the so-called Genius Awards. Yes, so yes. His, his work has been quite well recognized. Uh, he's actually a protege of Ralph Ellison, the son of Ralph Ellison, who writes a note on his book. Mm -hmm. I certainly think more of our community should really come out with because he really has done some very fine work in exploring the kind of different awareness and consciousness also at that festival, we're going to have another person I think quite highly out who coincidentally enough won the MacArthur Foundation Award, Derek Walcott. He won the uh, MacArthur Foundation Award too. His, his poetry and his uh, flavor is quite, quite strong. Quite mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He comes from the West Indies and he has, you know, I guess what you call the dual consciousness. Mm -hmm. Most of his stuff is about that. We're also going to have Ishmael Reed, who uh, is quite well known for some of his work. A, a local uh, person who has an international reputation is also a special projects director at French Lake School of Arsenal, Mr. Quincy True. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. he's probably heard of. Yeah. And also at this point uh, in time, June Jordan has confirmed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's going to be quite an affair at the uh, Leonard Davis Center for the Performing Arts mm -hmm. at City College. So I, I, I hope you're sending me something New Jersey Press Conference. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm in close communication with the people and we'll make sure you get the information. Mm -hmm. And al also, too, I think. In light of what you were asking about the other level of consciousness yeah. that writers used to have, I think one problem that usually comes up is if a person is truly acting on their own impulse and their own sincerity, how do you market that level of consciousness? Wesley here, uh, I think you published your first novel in 75, 78. And I think it was quite well reviewed, uh, but uh, I'm sure Wesley did not get the kind of exposure that I'm sure he felt he should have. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that I think he should have gotten. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really yeah. Especially black writers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. yeah sure. Well, what's what, what 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 also, what's also, I think I think we do a lot of uh, work on record covers and stuff like that sometimes. We should write notes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about uh, writing some notes for some of the work or something like that. Well, there been some introductions. Yeah, 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 introductions, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think a lot of times people find themselves doing like freelance work a lot yeah. of times. Uh, also, in light of that, that's the Frederick Douglass Creative Arts Center on uh, February uh, 25th, they usually have their they're having their registration, which they usually have twice a year. Uh, that's going to be February 25th from 1 to 5, and they usually have a special panel. Uh, this year, uh, this one coming up, they're going to have a special panel called the Freelance Artist in Media and Theater. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure a lot of the, right, the listeners out there who are also writers will be interested in coming who's really the distinguished guest. Uh, among them is, is going to be uh, Miss Audrey Edwards, who is now executive editor of Essence Magazine. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know her personally. Mm -hmm. No, I don't, but I, I know of her. Yes. So, so, uh, so obviously that's a good resource right there mm -hmm. for for writers. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about doing an article for them, you know, myself. Good, then we'll look out for it. <laughs> well, they have to publish it first. Yeah, yeah. Let, uh, now that you're talking about publishing and you're bringing that aspect in it, uh, why is it that so many black writers um, have difficulty publishing and usually or sometimes the avenue is a little published book? 
that that's a very complex question. I said, hey, Wesley here has already published a novel. Uh, I myself uh, usually published in, in literary magazines and other publications. I just frankly just send the stuff out and I send them a self-addressed <laughs> stamp envelope and some I get back yeah. saying it's going to be published and some I, I don't get back uh, with no word and no feedback. And, I mean, it's generally the outlets are small to begin with. When you're talking about doing a larger work, you know, something that involves substantial financial contributions, such as a novel, I think that's what we can share with you. But a lot of times, the consideration is not that the work is not good, mm -hmm. but that economically it's just simply not feasible yeah, yeah. for a publisher to take a chance well, on, so on, on, a main, on, a, on a new writer, yeah. one that's not been exposed. Well, so how do you protect the work? Well, well there, there are copyright yeah. mechanisms. You've always had the copyright mechanisms in place? Yes, yes. Like I, I well, well, well you, you can contact the uh, people in Washington. Mm -hmm. they, they have special forms. Mm -hmm. Would you like to take calls from our, our callers? Sure. Okay. Uh, we're talking to um, Fred Hudson, who is a writer and poet, and Wesley uh, Brown, who is also a writer and poet. We both belong to uh, Penn, uh, uh, the organization of poets, essayists, and novelists. And uh, we're talking about Penn's new writer's evening on February 6th at the Bruno Walter Auditorium. That's at the Library and Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center. Uh, so we want you to call and, and talk to these writers, uh, those of you who are, who are involved in writing and, and having problems with it. I just want to share and contri contribute something. That's 955-WLIB. That's 955-WLIB. And you can call and talk to Fred Hudson and also Wesley Brown. And um, February 6th, four different writers, Sylvia Moore. Fred Hudson, Jack Quinn, and Sherry, is that Shooting Star? Sharon Stark. Sharon Shooting Star. Okay. All right, we're going to go to the first call that we have. That's not a call time. Um, the Frederick Douglass Center, are, do you, are you involved with that? Y yes, a yes. writer's y workshop? Yes, I am. I, I'm in a uh, film and television workshop. As a matter of fact, one of the pieces I've developed in that is a, an adaptation of a short story which I'm going to read on Monday. So mm. it's been quite beneficial to me. They also have other workshops. As I said, registration takes place for that on uh, February 25th. Mm. They have uh, other workshops and things like advanced novel, beginning creative writing level uh, courses, post-fiction, a course called Introduction to Visual and Dramatic mm. Writing, the Film and Television Writing Seminar, which I mentioned before, playwriting seminar, an advanced playwriting seminar, a journalism workshop, as well as an acting workshop. So, th so there's a diversity of offerings there, and the, the fee is, you know, very nominal. It's $48, mm -hmm. which I think is quite a problem. Well, that's how it's used, as a matter of fact, something we do, something we yes. talk about the same. Logan, we have a call. Let's get Certainly. the call. Hello, you're on WLIB. Hello. Yes. Uh, Peggy. Yes. I'm Doc from New Jersey. Hi. I have uh, What county am I from? Yes. Um, Essex County. Essex County. Yes. All right, now, as far as voter, this relates to voter registration, then I do have a question for the writers. All uh, right, but let's take the question for the writers, because right. we can't deal with voter registration right now. Okay, I all right, for the, the, for the writers. 45,000 unregistered voters in Jersey and 91,000 in Essex County. My question for the writers is, I have, uh, would like to know how one can find a writer to uh, write, uh, how can I find a writer to write something? 
a chance visit, sir. Well, it's uh, something on a medical uh, type of stuff. And uh, I, mean, I have the notes and the material together, but uh, I have neither the time nor the matter right here. So it's your question of, uh, of uh, finding a writer who can you know, pull it together in a, uh, you know, in a, in a proper format. I personally have set up a uh, consulting firm called Centaur Consultants. I'll be glad to take a call from you at 870 658 212? Yes, I Yes, I Yes, you can uh, call them and leave a message where I can reach you. I have associates who have medical expertise. Excellent. And I'll do what I can to help you. Excellent. Oh, great. Can you give me that phone number again, then, Fred? Yes, it's 870 Frederick B. Hudson is my Thank you very much. Okay, thank you for calling. I'll be back to uh, on that voter uh, registration thing. <laughs> okay, okay, fine, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, gentlemen, we're going to take a break, and then we will come right back. I'm Kay thompson Payne for Judy Simmons. We'll be right back. Stay with us, please. Is this your year for a new car? Well, Dick Kidron says yes. 1984 is your year for a new 1984 Cadillac or a new 1984 Ford because he has attractive deals on the new car you've been dreaming about. Imagine, you can lease a new 1984 Cadillac Coupe de Ville for just $262 a month for 48 months with no down payment. Or lease a fabulous Cadillac Eldorado for just $299 a month for 48 months with no down payment. All standard equipment included. This is a closed-end lease. Call Dick Kidron at 212-295-3000. That's 295-3000 for all the details. If you prefer, you can purchase a brand new 1984 Ford for just $5,299. That's $52.99. For more details on this offer, call Dick Gidron Ford at 212-220-8900. 220-8900. Dick Gidron Cadillac, 696 East Fordham Road in the Bronx, and Dick Gidron Ford at 545 East Fordham Road in the Bronx. For quality and service, it's Dick Gidron Ford and Dick Gidron Cadillac. <laughs> They're back. They're hot. They're together again. Quarter pounder with teas and world famous golden fries in the most sizzling performance ever at McDonald's. One quarter pound of old American beef topped with real cheese in the meatiest bowl ever. And golden fries. All crispy outside, but all tender inside. It's total entertainment for your mouth. Exclusively at McDonald's. Rated X for special. No one admitted without a taste bud. Well, we're back in Kay for Judy Simmons, and we want to remind you about voter registrations today at the Chemical Bank, 117th Street and 3rd Avenue, Manhattan, uh, and at Freedom National Bank, 275 West 125th Street, and at Pax Director's Seat, 739 East 133rd Street and White Plains Road in the Bronx. Now, these uh, voter registration uh, uh, sessions are going to be taking place all day. Remember, tomorrow is the last day. You have got to register to vote today. Remember, if you do not, if you do not, you're going to feel a lot of stress about not registering and voting and participating in the election. And remember, uh, our presidential candidate, who is running, uh, the first black man ever to run for the office of the presidency of the United States, and, that's, and of course, that's the Reverend Jesse Jackson. So make sure you sort of stand up and be counted in one way or another. And we are back talking to Fred uh, Hudson, who's a writer and poet, and Leslie Brown, who's a writer and poet, and Leslie, you're on the, you know, Fred Brown, you're on the board of the executive board 
still waters run deep or, or what? Yeah, usually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, I've known Wesley for well over 10 years. I think we, we first met in a writer's workshop at the County Cullen Library. Uh -huh. Wesley has a lot of energy and a lot of organizational skills, so don't let him fool. Oh, oh okay. Any, anything, any button you push, he's got something to say. You know what? I would really like to go with it. Shall we take it? No, because we're so long here. But I really like to go with the dates. Again, and, and what's going on very quickly again, so people can make sure they have it firmly fixed in their mind, yeah, and their minds are about what's yeah, going yeah. on. That this Monday, yeah, and that sure. Fred Branch Yes, that is the uh, Penn New Writers Evening. It's going to be held at 6 p.m. It's free at the Bruno Walter Auditorium, Library, Museum of Performing Arts at Lincoln Center. One should enter at 111 Amsterdam Avenue. So I guess there's several entrances, but I haven't been there yet myself. But sure, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, it's the 111 Amsterdam Avenue between 64th and 65th Street. And for information, they can call? Yes, they can call PEN, which is uh, area code 212-255-1977. And I look forward to seeing people there because I like to share my work. Okay, let's let's take this last call then, okay? Oh, we the lost the call again. That sort of went by the wayside. It flashed and then just went right off the off. And you were talking about the Black Roots Festival. Maybe you can give us some information yes, as, as about I that. As I that mentioned, yes, yes many, yeah. many of my favorite writers, people uh -huh. who I hopefully I've learned something from, are going to be there, mm -hmm. including the man I mentioned before, Mr. James Allen McPherson, uh, Pulitzer Prize winner, Dirk Walcott, who's also a MacArthur Foundation Award winner, Ishmael Reed, Quincy Troop, June Jordan is mm -hmm. going to be there as well. That's April 28th. 8 o'clock at the Leonard Davis Center for Performing Arts. For information, you should call the Frederick Dallas Creative Arts Center, mm -hmm. which is uh, area code 212-944-9870. Okay, and I'd really like to thank um, Fred Hudson and Leslie Brown. Thank you both, and hope you come back again. And I know she was going to help, so she loves this. You know, and, yeah, and she needs a writer. Yeah, I'm quite sure. Yeah, and, and I know she's going to have, but I'm going to tell Judy I was here, and I was talking to them, and I'm going to come back. Thank you. Yeah, okay, thanks a lot. And we're going to take a break and we'll be back. Lloyd Strainhorn is going to be here and tell you about your lives. And there he is. Hi, Lloyd. There he is. Okay, we'll be back soon. I'm Kay Thompson Payne. WLIB, New York. Hello, I'm Lloyd Strayhorn and welcome to WLIB's Numbers in You, the only weekday program in New York that explains how numerology affects your life. Stay tuned for fascinating interviews with astrologers, readers, psychics, and others, and especially you on the phone. Keep your dial on 1190 WLIB for all this and more right after this. Federal Savings and Loan Association thanks you for making it the largest black-owned and operated savings and loan association in the East. In return, Carver has expanded its financial services to conveniently meet your banking needs. Among the options available to the Carver customer in the loan department are mortgage, home improvement, education, personal, and automobile loans. With a 34-year history, Carver tops the list of responsive financial institutions. If you need a financial planner, a Carver banker will assist you with the placement of your funds in a high-interest program such as money markets, CDs, or IRA accounts. Carver knows that in this bleak economic environment, maximizing your hard-earned dollars is a necessity.
Anybody else invited to uh, to uh, to tune in and uh, and uh, watch and and uh, enjoy? I think that the more ca cable outlets there are, the more uh, opportunities there are going to be. That part of technology, much as I will miss uh, writing with an old quilled uh, pen, that part of technology I think is going to be very healthy. Your husband is uh, is wrong, but he's almost uh, right. Uh, the, the the chance is uh, wrong. I think that I'm quite sure that ordinary people was one. I'm pretty sure it was one of those books that was submitted without uh, any uh, uh, contract uh, advance or anything else. There have been some. There are some. It's it's it is uh, one in a thousand. That maybe one in. 10,000, it, it's, it's rare, it is rare, but it does happen, it, it, uh, it happens kind of every, one slips somehow, you know, one of those salmon, there's million, one of them gets uh, up stream and manages to plant the eggs, it does happen. just yeah. came from the lotto, uh, <laughs> uh, lotto office uh, on my way here, hoping to get $5 million. Uh, Brett could talk to the publisher. I don't think writing was wasting your time at yeah. all. I think uh, Mr. Schubert here is being a realist, and this is so. 
it's difficult. It's gotten more difficult because, uh, let's face it, uh, publishing is not a gentleman's uh, game anymore. Uh, it's, it's big business again. It's been taken over. Many of the companies have been taken over by major corporations who think in terms of the bottom line. All right? So uh, it's not an easy way, but it's not impossible. And it, it, it seems to me anyway, if you've got this inside of you, you ought to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Did you have it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ways. One, one is the way that uh, I think, uh, uh, well, no, three ways, let's say. Uh, I would say that one way is to look for, look for some uh, writer that you may know, uh, if you know of any writer who might help you. That's one way. Uh, joining a group like this group with its, its uh, fiction workshop is, is, is a way We've uh, published uh, just about, I think the average has been almost one a year. And, and uh, we have seen novels uh, developed in the uh, workshop. Ours is not the only one. There are workshops, other workshops, the uh, Iowa, the, uh, uh, Iowa University is well known. There are, there's that way to go, to uh, uh, develop your book in a workshop and then get the group uh, support that the workshop offers. There's, if you know any writer, that does help. I hate to, it does help. If, if, you, if you knew Ralph Ellison and Ralph Ellison said, yes, I'll read your book, and if Ralph Ellison thought it qualified to be published, that would be, that would be helpful. If you had an agent, if you could find an agent, that's also very difficult because agents are looking they're in the money business in the marketplace, and until uh, uh, the writer is established, they know that there's more work, much more work for them, and much less money with the the novice, novitiate writer than with the well-established uh, writer. But again, if you can find an agent, uh, that will be uh, a, a way. That's three ways, and and the fourth way is just to take that that uh, wild card chance that does happen once in a while and when you get the book ready and you feel it's right, send it in and see what happens. What Mr. Grant just said is unfortunately true. The same technology that a few minutes ago we were applauding for maybe opening up uh, new uh, opportunities for uh, for uh, uh, independent writing, for black writing, for stronger statements, whatever you want to uh, uh, call it. That uh, part is encouraging. I think what Mr. Brand said, unfortunately, is also true, that technology and the fact that companies like Gulf and Western and other very big corporations are beginning to to suck up into their conglomerates publishing uh, companies which uh, go by the computer, that same computer, and they see the bottom line, uh, will, will then 
tend to uh, make more difficult the marginal book. They'll be less apt to publish the book that is only going to sell 2,000 or 3,000 copies because they're looking for the book that's uh, going to make them a profit, and they're thinking more about profit than if, than uh, about the quality of the work. If, if uh, we had gone by this uh, standard uh, 30, 40 years ago, people like uh, Faulkner would never have been published because at the beginning, and even through some of his finest work, he was publishing and selling very small numbers of books. But Random House, not then, not then uh, a big business corporation, as it is now, the people were individuals, they were names, uh, Bennett Serv and Donald Cluffer, you knew them, you could see them, you could touch them and shake their hands. And those people believe uh, Faulkner was a great writer, deserved to be uh, published whether we made him $2 or 2000 It's tougher now, tougher now. It doesn't mean give up. I, I agree absolutely with what Mr. Brandt just told you. If you have that novel in you, don't let your husband or any bad news in the, in the, um, the business section or anything else talk you out of doing it. I work with uh, some reporters who have these novels in their trunks at home, so that it's, I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily, it, it wasn't a total loss for them, because they got a lot out of the right of the exercise. Uh, and secondly, uh, I would think that if you're doing that, you could also think of writing other things, that is, a different kind of book, or a smaller book, or a children's book, or a something else thing, while you're doing your other thing, or an article, or a, a short story, or something, you could try to to do a more uh, varied, uh, do more varied writing, and therefore you might hit on something in the course of it, and uh, that would eventually help the publishing of the major work. Question? Uh, well, up here on this side, then. Well, um, hmm? what was that? Yeah. The uh, um, the um, well, there were a lot of newspapers going out of business, but um, uh, and newspapers and, and publications, let us say, but there were also a lot of publications that didn't exist when I was thinking of going into journalism. I mean, you have a tremendous number of women's magazines today, for one thing, which you, that is the type of which, like, like Working Woman, Working Woman, New Woman, Self, Savvy, uh, Essence, uh, which didn't exist uh, when I was coming up. There was no, the th those, mag those type of magazines didn't exist. You have them today. You have a lot of uh, magazines like uh, Essence, Black Enterprise, um, and uh, you have Ebony. Ebony was around; has been around for a long time. But you have these other magazines. There are a number of new black publications that are that are out there. Uh, and I and I'm sure there are a number of other minority group publications, uh, Asian publications, 
that I see and there are Hispanic publications that, that one sees and uh, so they're, they're out there. Um, the newspapers are going down. It's true, the numbers, I guess, of newspapers, the number is decreasing, but it seems to me that there are still newspapers in many places, and that's what I was referring to when I mentioned about getting outside of New York. New York is a difficult place to do all these things, to publish your book in, to, uh, and to do your newspaper, to get into the newspaper business in, and the television business, and the radio business, but I think it's easier outside of the city. And I, I personally think that despite the the dwindling number of papers that you can still go places and start, and I've seen people do it, I see them do it every year, uh, go and get uh, jobs in new on newspapers, uh, not necessarily in New York, but places. Uh, yeah, are you going to go? I just want to say, when you, when you stress about going outside New York, is that because of the demands that uh, well, in a way, that both are correct, although I wouldn't have put it that way. Uh, the competition is great, uh, and, and, and the competition is usually uh, better than you are at a given, at that, at that, if you're just starting out. Uh, well, the, the times can attract people who have, say, the requisite five years experience and who have won prizes in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and uh, East St. Louis, Illinois, for investigative reporting or for, for big-time photography or for doing this or that, or, or they may have people that, who have edited on, those pa edited on three or four papers over a period of 12 years, and then they can bring them into New York as a copy editor, and they know what they're doing, and they can, you know, they have that, the New York newspapers, not only the Times, but the News and the, and the Post also, as bad as the Post is thought of to be, uh, they can uh, they can attract uh, the, the experienced person, uh, and then the, the question of the demands on a person. I think, in a, in a way, that's an aspect of why I always try to have people stay away from the Times as a place to begin. And I, I found that it's also true at Time Inc. Uh, and I guess Newsweek, which I don't see any different from Time Inc. I mean, in, in these terms. Uh, it's very when you when you uh, are in this in the in this New York City journalism, it seems to me that the editors for whom you work uh, do a lot to break down your confidence. They do this with almost everybody, and it's very difficult if you're young and inexperienced and have any degree of sensitivity. To, to keep facing these people day after day after day when they keep knocking you down minute after minute after minute. I mean, we have a, we have a woman at the Times, uh, a woman who is, a, she's in charge of the clerical and copy, copy boys and copy girls in the, in the, um, in the newsroom. Uh, she's a former secretary and I guess she behaved herself and she got this job. Now she's telling black people that, oh, you'll never make it. You'll never be a reporter. She doesn't know anything about whether they'll make it or not. Mm -hmm. But she is just one of those people there who keep assaulting these sensitive uh, youngsters. And some of them leave, and some of them get worried. And then when you, when you panic, uh, going back to the first question about working better when you're hungry, in a sense, I, I don't think I would or did. And uh, 
these kids, when they, when, they, when they are told their failures, then that sort of ignites the failure syndrome within them and it's, it then becomes more difficult for them to function. Therefore, if that's part of the demands of the job, that's one reason why I tell people, don't come into the big time. And this would be the same for CBS New York, WCBS, the, the New York flagship stations, I would think. These places are not places where you start, I think, because you don't have your confidence and you don't have a track record that you know about so that when, when you go into the office and, they, and you give them a story and they say, well, this is nonsense, which they do, but you know it's not nonsense. And then you just wait for them to say the next thing and then they'll come around. But it's, very, it's, very, uh, it's a very hard situation and I certainly, that's why it's because of the demands uh, that are made of people and the, and the, and the uh, assaults on their sensitivity that I recommend that people start somewhere else. Now, the minority of people who can take all this, and a lot of times, and mo some people, there's also a minority who, don't, who are not subject to this. This is the, the publisher's son, and, 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 and that sort of thing. You know, he is the son of the publisher, who in the Times case is a nice person, by the way, I must say. He's, he's working there now. But he didn't start out there. He started out, I think, with the Associated Press. But he certainly didn't start out at the Times. When he came to the Times, he had already done a lot of reporting and he reported overseas, although he's a young fellow. Naturally, being the publisher, he can get a job, the publisher's son, he can get a job anywhere. But he did not start out at the Times, and now he's there and he's a, a gentleman, a nice person. But um, uh, it's, that's what I was saying about the start. Was that the, was that answer the question? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, Mr. I, I was going to add uh, two things. First of all, I, I agree with Gerald about get out of town. The traditional, in fact, way of, of uh, proceeding or getting ahead, progressing in a newspaper terms, one that I followed, I started on a weekly in Connecticut, and I jumped from there to a daily on, in New Jersey, and from there to a daily and Sunday newspaper, a larger one in New Jersey, and eventually got over the river into the Times. And this is very typical of, you know, growing up toward that kind of job. It is a good idea to get out of this city. It's the Big Apple. It's like everything, you know, in other businesses, too. Uh, get your experience outside. Don't expect that someone's going to open the door for you here, because <laughs> there are a lot of people waiting online. But get your experience come out outside. In fact, you'll get better experience outside. The weekly I worked for, there were just two of us. We had to cover everything, including taking our own photographs. Now, you can imagine, we weren't very good photographers, I have to admit. <laughs> But we learned an awful lot. And when eventually I was able to come across the river here, I had an awful lot of experience and background and variety of the type of work I could handle. Now the other thing is you talk about less and less major newspapers. This is true. Just about once a month you read about the Cleveland so-and-so is folding or what have you. At the same time, there are more and more weeklies. And at the same time, because of this technological explosion, you're getting into, well, where there are now two cables, companies are strictly news and as you as you'll find as cable spreads around the country and indeed spreads within our own city it's only in Manhattan now that news is always going to be desirable there's some people who are even saying the newspaper that when you bring you you buy at a newsstand isn't going to exist that you'll be able to turn on a set push a button if you want to uh, read about sports and something will come on and you'll read it off your set doesn't matter someone's got to write that stuff Someone's got to report mm -hmm. that stuff. So mm -hmm. I don't see, even though they've 
less and less of the big newspapers that the field in total is, is retreating. I think it's growing. The major stations now, they want more than a half hour of news, more than an hour of news. Look what's happened. The six o'clock news is really starts at five now. Uh, the networks would like to have not just a half hour of network news at seven, but they'd like to expand it to eight, and have been trying to do so with their local stations around the country. No success so far. But the, the more news that's, that's given to you or provided for you, the more people that have to go gather it and get it to you. So I don't see it as a shrinking. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm.